Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. How you doing out there? Drive safe, or if you're already home, relax yourself. Have a good evening as we push forward with not that many days left in this uh, February Black History Month. Short month. Shortest month. <laughs> Keith McPherson on the fan. Let's see. The Devils tied it up. Let's go Devs. Alexander Holtz with the goal. 1-1. Still one nothing with the Rangers. Penguins score first. one nothing. Penguins versus the Islanders. What else did I gather during this break? Oh, I saw Meredith Morakovic. Shout out to Meredith. Hey, Meredith. Hey, Mayor. She said, looks like we'll see Carlos Rodon on Sunday at George M. Steinbrenner Field for our first Yes Network broadcast. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. I'll be on Saturday, 1 to 5. And I think we do have a game. Um, oh, no, the first game I think is Sunday. So there won't be a game broadcast on that day. But we'll talk baseball. Um, I'm on tomorrow with a five-hour KM to AM. And then I'm on filling in for Sal on BT and Sal Thursday in the midday. Shout out to Sal. Prayers up. And uh, you already said a couple prayers for you and your family. I know it's it's tough to, like I said, you know, do your job when you have a head cold, when you're sick. Uh, it, it's It's definitely tough to come in here and, lock in and do your job uh, when you have things going on in your personal life. But um, that comes first. And Sal is a pro's pro. He comes in and he brings it all the time. Whether you like his takes or opinions or what he does, he's a pro at it. And, uh, you know, prayers up for him and his family. And, you know, speaking of that, with your family and prayers and faith and that type of stuff coming first, this Anthony Rendon stuff to me – um, I just think people are blowing it out of proportion. I think that if you actually hear the audio of what he said and not read what he said, it, it hits a little different when you hear this man speak and when you actually see the video of him talking to reporters. It's it's a little more lighthearted. <clears throat> I don't think we have the audio, but uh, most of you have, have heard the words, right? I'll I'll read what he said and I'll talk more about it. I think he's a funny guy. Uh, and I think he's got an interesting perspective. And I also think he's paid. He's filthy rich. And I've gone back and forth with some people on Instagram and Twitter about this. And people are all upset. And I'm like, you're broke. He's rich. You're all mad about him. His priorities are in order. And you're mad that he's not playing baseball. And 
You're mad that he knocked the koofy off of some fan in Oakland. And so what? He's telling you that this is a job. This is what I do to support my family. He's also a World Series champion. So he's done what he came to do. He won the chip and he got the bag. He got a $245 million contract. Why don't you be more mad at the Anaheim Angels? I could go on forever. But so he said, um, you know, talking to reporters on the first day, one of the reporters said, last year you said you'd consider retiring. What's your mindset now? He says, my enthusiasm has been the same since I got drafted. To be honest with you, I was actually deleting old emails because my storage to my maximum email, my storage was to the maximum in my email. So I'm going back and deleting old emails. I emailed myself a pros and cons of why I wanted to stay in the game. This was in 2014. My thought process of the game has not changed since then. I keep making it this long. So another reporter or the same reporter says, how does your pros and con list compared to 10 years ago. He says, it's a lot different. I'm married. I have four kids. My priorities have changed since I was in my early 20s. So definitely my perspective on baseball has been more skewed. The next question is, is it still a top priority for you? He quickly says, it's never been a top priority for me. This is a job. I do this to make a living. My faith, my family come first before this job. So if those things come before it, I'm leaving. Then the reporter says, is it a priority to you? Like, is it a priority at all? He says, oh, it's a priority for sure because it's my job. I'm here, aren't I? And then they say, do you want to be here? He said, I don't want to talk to you guys at 7 in the morning or whatever time it is. And he laughed it off. And then they say, do you want to be here playing baseball for the Angels? He says, I have answered your question. So why do you keep picking at it? Right. From my brief amount of time in the media and being a fan from the last 10 years, I was in the fan cave in 2014, the year that he referred to. Marcus Stroman pulled up there. A bunch of guys pulled up there. David Ortiz, CeCe Sabathia, uh, D-Rob, Chuck Nasty, Josh Donaldson, Joey Bats. Joey Bats was, uh, he was, he didn't want to be there. He was too big for that. But, you know, being around these guys that play baseball, they're wired differently. And you got to be wired differently to step in that batter's box with 99 coming at you. Could literally break your face. You got to be wired differently to go out there and fail over and over and over again in front of thousands of people every night and then open your phone and people are adding you on Instagram and Twitter telling you how much you suck. You got to be wired differently to deal with the press and the media. A bunch of pen pushers that couldn't throw or catch a baseball, but they have. These opinions and these stories that they write about you every single day. I don't have an issue with Anthony Rendon. I have an issue with the fans thinking that he owes them something. You get paid for what you've done. Excuse me. I just got three sneezes off right there. <laughs> Bless you. You get paid for what you're what you've done, not what you're gonna do in Major League Baseball and in all sports, right? These contracts are given, right? Okay, we're gonna give you a seven year contract for two hundred and forty five million because you just won the World Series and balled out. We hope you can help lead us to a World Series. But like these guys put so much time and effort into their craft. He earned that contract. He doesn't owe you as a fan anything. He doesn't own you as an owe you as an Angels fan, baseball fan, anything. They signed that contract. He doesn't have to say, like Mike Trout, oh, I'm, I'm going to die out there or whatever Trout had to say. I think that a lot of people overreacted to 
his comments because he hasn't been available. He has been hurt. But those are injuries. And a lot of guys are like, hey, what do you want from me? I'm a human being. My body has broken down. I'm not in my 20s anymore. He finessed. I'm not mad at him for taking care of his family. I'm not mad at him for having generational wealth. I'm not mad at him for taking the um, little bit of ability that he had, which was being a good baseball player, good hitter, good fielder, and maximizing that. And in the last X amount of years that Anthony Rendon has played for the Angels, he hasn't done anything. He hasn't been available. And he hasn't given given you as a fan the answers that you want as far as like, saying that, oh, I die for this team. It's not that serious to him. It's a job to him. It's it's way more serious to fans. And fans got to relax. He said, my family and my faith come first. And as long as they're good, as long as they're taken care of, what do you want from me, man? What do you want from me? This guy went back to Houston, Texas, where he's from, and won the World Series. Shame on the Angels, thinking that they were going to give him a big money deal and he was going to come over there and lead them to any... Like it's I look more at the Angels and Artie Moreno and Perry Manazian and those guys saying, why, why aren't you guys more hard on them? They're the ones signing these deals. That's not the first deal they made. They made a bunch of stupid deals. Look what they just did with Shohei Otani. They completely fumbled Otani. Otani is a hop, skip, and a jump away now playing for the Dodgers. And at the deadline, they're like, yeah, well, give us... Uh, Lucas Giolito, give us Randall Grecha, give us CJ Krohn. We're going to convince Otani to stay. Mike Trout, why aren't y'all mad at Mike Trout? Mike Trout's got a big money deal. He never plays. You're not mad at Mike Trout because he says the right things. So I think a lot of people bugged out about this Anthony Rondon thing. Like, oh, he's a POS, so he doesn't care about baseball. You don't know that. The guy might love baseball, but he might love his family and, and God more and staying healthy more, and he might not think that he's got to go out there and, and and put his body on the line for the Angels because that money's coming in regardless. 877-337-6666. All these baseball players aren't wired the same. They aren't built the same. Some of these guys want to be on camera. Some of these guys want to have followers. Some of them don't. Some of these guys show up to the ballpark every single day ready to bring it. Not all. They're not all the same. Some of them will be willing to die out there on the field. Not, not all these guys. They are blessed. They are fortunate. But not nan one of them didn't put in the work to get there. So who are you to judge? Who are you? What do you do? Everybody's so critical of these guys. Like, like, what do you do? What have you done in your life to talk about, oh, Anthony Rendon, he sucks. He hates baseball. Yeah, he's rich. And his wife is rich. His four kids are rich. His mom, his dad, they're all rich. What are you doing? Let's go to Jay in Oyster <laughs> Bay. What's up, Jay? You're on the fan. Keith, first of all, you got me laughing, and we're just, my son and I are driving up to Massachusetts right now. Couldn't be more excited to listen to this show. Um, and, you know, we're just big time fans of yours, the energy, the enthusiasm, even when you're sick, brother. Um, keep bringing it every Thank day. You. I'm so, here. Yep. I do so, this for you guys. Appreciate it. So, just the first thing before I, you know, as far as Anthony goes, look at Andy Pettit. Nobody ever criticized Andy for saying the same exact things as Andy. Kind of got a little bit older. His priorities changed. He was all about God and all about his family. Wanted to play baseball and just chill. Yeah. Let me play the game. Let, you know, and it was it was simple, and nobody ripped him apart. So yeah. hopefully the guy, you know, so hopefully people can just sit back. It's too early to be complaining about baseball, which is why I'm actually calling you. Um, so my son and I, like I said, we're driving up right now. Super excited about the Yankees. I wanted to get your thoughts on some of the key things that we need to be 
looking at early on, both spring training into the regular season, what, what do we think that we need to see from the Yankees to deliver, other than staying healthy, obvious, and especially at the pitching? But what are some of the things that you're looking at that we as fans you think should be some of the, the signs to say, all right, we're, we're going to be all right? If we stay healthy or we're in trouble? You know, I'm not a a baseball numbers guy or a nerd that's looking for, uh, you know, FIP and ex-WOBA and, uh, you know, on base. I'm looking with the eye test. I want to see these guys have the right vibe and energy and look about them. There was too many times last year where I went to the ballpark or I watched on TV where they were dead. They were lifeless. They had no swag. They had no energy. They weren't going to beat anybody. Not the Kansas City Royals, not the Colorado Rockies, not the Washington Nationals. So what I want to see is them step across that foul line and bring it and look like the New York Yankees and look like they know who they are. The Yankees have gone through an identity crisis in this last decade and a half. They're still living on the core four. They're still living on the history. No, this new group needs to walk out there and act like they're trying to win the World Series, can win the World Series, and they're better than their opponents. Thanks for the call, Jay. Drive safe. Joining us right now. I queued him up. It's 8.15. Let's welcome in Will Salmon from The Athletic covering your New York Mets. What's up, Will? Hey, what's going on? Good to be on with you. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Thanks for making the time tonight, Will. Uh, I got to start with where I was in my open. Like, um, I'm a Yankee fan, but that does not matter. I'm a baseball fan, and I have seen this episode before. Uh, when you hype teams up, when you make these predictions and these expectations on paper about what they're going to be and what they're going to not be, you can't predict baseball. Baseball has a funny way of, uh, you know, you make plans and the baseball gods laugh. So when I look at this Mets team and I hear all the conversation about, about oh, we got the richest owner in the sport for what? He hasn't spent any money. Or, oh, here goes David Stearns. He's he's uh, building this like a small market team. I'm, I'm kind of seeing through all of that. And I actually said today, like, maybe this guy is as smart as they said he was, because he is building this team differently, and he's lowered the bars and, and the expectations so much that it's going to be a little bit easier for them to achieve. What do you say about that when you look at this Mets team? Well, the first thing that comes to mind for me is that David Stearns has supplied some measured expectations with this group, and he also has offered a dose of a realistic view as well, where he's not telling you that this roster is going to automatically win the World Series or anything like that. Or he stopped he stopped short of even saying when when I asked him personally at one of his press conferences about expectations, and I said, "Okay, you're talking about being playoff worthy here. Does that mean wild card? Does that mean division?" He acknowledged the fact that Atlanta and Philadelphia have earned the right to kind of be in a different conversation right now than the Mets. And I thought that was very realistic of him. And I think in the clubhouse, the guys have kind of acknowledged that same expectation level. And they've said, like, hey, we know that a lot of national reporters aren't here right now in this clubhouse the same way that they were last year when Mm -hmm. everybody flocked to the Mets to look at Verlander and Scherzer and all the other stars that they had. And I think a part of them likes it in the sense that they do have that chip on their shoulder where, hey, now we can kind of prove people wrong a little bit because I feel like that's a little bit easier from a competitive standpoint 
rather than being up top and being that team that everybody's trying to chop down. That's just my view. And I think with the Mets, they still have a, a rather, I would say, solid group that has a chance at catching on as a wild card team for the playoffs. I'm not saying they're like a 90 win team or anything like that on paper. They're not. Uh, but could they make the playoffs? Would it surprise me if they made the playoffs as a wild card team? Absolutely not. I think that they, that they, that they had that chance. Yeah, when I look at this Mets team and Steve Cohen, I think about the past couple years, and obviously when you get the richest owner in the sport, there's a lot of hype that comes with that. And when when he came in, he had a five-year window on winning a championship, and obviously that's uh, that's too hard to call or predict. And I think now he's just reversing course a bit, and I think that's smart. I think that's wise. I think this is a businessman understanding, hey, uh, the way that I was doing things, it didn't work out for us. We won 101 games. How far did we get in October? We took a step back last year, won 75 games. We had to get rid of uh, some of these old pitchers that we spent on or some of these other position players that we spent on. It wasn't working. And now in this past offseason, this is an offseason that was never really billed as like a big offseason to go out there and spend. Of course, you had Otani and Yamamoto, which I just the whole time knew they were going to be Dodgers. I know everybody was in on Yamamoto. Not everybody was in on Otani. He didn't even talk to, to most people. He wanted to be super quiet about everything. But when I look at the Mets, they were in on Yamamoto. They were prepared to use Steve Cohen's money if that guy wanted to be there. So they that like that shows me that they still were willing to use that magic wand, They're the superpower of having the money. But also they've changed course with David Stearns to say, we have to build this. We have to have some kind of foundation. We have to do this a certain way. So um, there's like a bug in here. You see this bug, Zoo? <laughs> Sorry, absolutely. Uh, yeah, lost my train of thought. So, no, what do you absolutely th- though? Yeah, I, I think, yeah, I think that the word that you're looking for there is uh, recalibration. That that's really what they've done this off season, in my view, at least. And Steve Cohen has learned on the job as an owner, and he came in and he made that proclamation, like you said, where he wanted to win a World Series within five years. If not, it was a failure. Well. After a while, he sort of walked that one back a couple of times, and he acknowledged that, hey, maybe that wasn't the wisest one to put out there for a variety of reasons, but when you're an owner and you're as rich as he is and you want to win badly and you have high expectations, you're going to say stuff like that early on. And we haven't really heard him say those types of things in the last couple of years, though, right? He's been a little bit different with the way he's kind of carried himself publicly and spoke publicly. We don't see him on social media as much as those early years either. And yeah, I, I think that he saw this team and in my view, it reminds me a little bit of how you treat like a stock market in some ways where there was a point in time where it was time to go all in and it was time to go for it. And then when it was time to pull back, it was time to fold and it was, it was time to, you know, just do something and move in a different direction, which they did um, before it was too late to do that. And I thought that was smart on their behalf to realize that that was the need there. So, yeah, I'm with you on that. And with Steve Cohen, you know, I, I understand people are uh, are not as happy because they didn't land like a signature free agent or they weren't in on every single big time name. But I will say, though, that, like you mentioned, they were in on Yamamoto, of course. But, like, next offseason, offseasons after this, they'll continue to spend. Uh, This is not a a situation where he's pulling back payroll and they're they're not going to be competitive after. This is a team that's going to be 
in the top rankings as far as payroll go, goes year after year as long as Steve Cohen owns this team. When I look at this Mets team and where they are right now, I look at this as like, okay, they're trying to build a consistent contender, right? A perennial postseason team. And uh, when I look at Steve Cohen, he's he's not going to be, you know, he's, he's going to be here for a long time. He's not going to be in on every free agent trying to just, you know, get something quick because anything worth having, like, it, there's no microwave solution here. There's no just, like, quick fix here. So I think he smartened up. I think he learned on the fly. And I, I think he deserves a little bit more credit for going to get David Stearns, right? I think there's a lot of fans that built them up in their minds as the new George Steinbrenner, this king with all this money. And now, you know, we're getting away from the will ponds and look what we have. And then baseball has a, a funny way of humbling you. But let's talk about David Stearns. I think he has learned already that he's not in Wisconsin anymore. I think that he has, um, you know, met the media and spoke, and he's he's slowly getting to the point that he's in New York. But I think that he's he's going to make some moves here, and and I think it's going to take him two, maybe three years to build a consistent contender. And there's going to be a lot of like thank me later's. There's going to be a lot of people eating their words if the Mets actually become what you want them to become, not the LOL Mets anymore, not a laughing stock anymore, but a team that consistently wins ninety games, a team that's consistently in the postseason and a team that has a future that matches the future that the owner sees, not just for the Mets, but that whole area over there in Flushing. Yeah, I think you're onto something there. I covered David Stearns, of course, in Milwaukee when I used to cover the Brewers for the Athletic before I switched over to the Mets. And so I saw firsthand the way that David Stearns goes about trying to find success with the team. And look, David Stearns, whether he got Yamamoto, whether him and Steve Cohen were able to pull that one off or not, or whichever big name free agent that comes here in the years that follow, he's not necessarily going to be measured by that. Like we're not going to look back on the David Stern's tenure and say, okay, that, that was great that, that he signed like that big splashy player. And you could say this about other GMs and other executives as well, but particularly with David Stern's, what, what we'll judge him on probably is like these moves that he's made in the margins to kind of get better, to make this team better. And that's where we'll judge him because that's what he's been known for. That's what he built his career for with the Brewers was laying down that infrastructure and foundation for success and building up a farm system. Whereas now you know, the Brewers are what, number one, number two, number three, depending on your favorite prospect rankings, publication, that's where they are. Um, and that, that was after years and years of work uh, that they're now seeing the fruits of that labor and that, and that process. And so, Fans don't want to hear about prospect rankings a lot of times because that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to win a World Series, and that's what really matters is the wins on the field. Uh, but that's part of it. And I think with David Stearns, he's he's tasked with build, helping build this organization up a little bit. It's one that's been in transition a lot. It's had a lot of different leadership turnover year after year, GM and manager for that standpoint. So what the Mets need is some continuity and some proven leadership in these key spots. And I think that will go a long way toward not just roster construction uh, for 2024 or even 2025 for that matter, but also just the infrastructure uh, up and down the organization. We're on the phone right now with Will Salmon, who writes about your New York Mets for the athletic. Will, uh, I, I make jokes, but like they're not, you know, they're, they're lighthearted jokes, but I make jokes about the fact that Steve Cohen talks about being a Mets fan and this being a passion project. And then David Stearns comes in talking about being a Mets fan that snuck into Shea back in the late 90s. And then they make a bunch of moves bringing 
Yankee leftovers to the Mets, and I'm like, you got to know that's going to upset the fan base. You got to know that the fans don't want that. And there's a bunch of guys now: Luke Voigt, G-Man Choi, Ben Gamble, former Yankee farmhand. Uh, obviously, Luis Severino, they signed right away. Harrison Bader, the Yankees put on waivers. They brought him here, and then the manager is the former Yankee bench coach. Do you think that there's obviously a thread here that they're like, hey, these guys are familiar with New York? The area, the stage, it's a tough market, and that checks a box off for David Stearns and Steve Cohen in this current team. You know, what I think is that just because they're Yankees cast off, that's, that's what makes them appealing, right? No, I'm joking. <laughs> but, uh, no, yeah, I think you hit on it there, right? Like, to some degree, like, let's take Luis Severino, for example. He's had his issues. We all know he's had the health problems. We wrote a big story last month about his tipping issues, which date back years that he has to fix. There's, there's a lot of stuff there that, that he has to get in the right direction. But he, but at his best, he's had some top 10 Cy Young finishes, top five for that matter, I believe. And he did it at in the biggest place in baseball. And that says something. So when he's right, you already know what you're getting and you can depend on him when he's right that he's not going to fold under any pressure of New York City. And that, that matters when you're taking a chance on somebody on a one-year deal and you're just trying to hit on it. So, yeah, there's that. But also it starts with Carlos Mendoza probably too, to an extent where he has a relationship with a handful of these guys or a few of these guys, and he's worked with them in the past. And so that there's some comfort there. Um, and then also, I think just it's, it's coincidence to some extent, right? Like that these guys, they're not only former Yankee players, but they're also former players of a bunch of other teams yeah. as well in some instances. So some of it's a little coincidental. Yeah, I, I thought that as well. I'm like, Luke Voigt was with the Brewers. Um, Harrison Bader played in the NL Central. There's some familiarity there with these guys if you – take the Mets or the uh, Yankee part out of it. Now, uh, more Yankee-Mets crossover. All the talk about Pete Alonso. There are some Yankee fans and even Mets fans that float out the idea that, hey, Pete Alonso could sign with the Yankees and be the Yankees' first baseman. I highly doubt that. What I say about Pete Alonso is this guy has been the face of the Mets. He's watched all these guys come in and get paid. He's watched the locker room, the clubhouse, rather, change so much in the past few years. He wants his money. He hires Scott Boris. We know he's going to go to free agency. Oh, but wait. Saturday, he talks to the media, and he says he's open to an extension. He's open to having those conversations. That's different. He also said there's no hard deadline like Aaron Judge had for the Yankees. So he is a guy, to me, that knows where he wants to be, knows who he is, what like what he wants, but I also know that the Mets, they, they really don't have any reason to extend him right now. What do you think about Pete? Well, the whole situation is going to cast like the biggest shadow on the Mets season, right? Like there's no bigger story involving the Mets as far as the sides. So, of course, the on-field results, how good the Mets could be, all that good stuff. But the subplot is uh, is potentially bigger than the whole plot. That's Pete Alonso. Um, that's the biggest story. I don't, I don't know. I, um, I, I feel like when I look at the situation, I question, the question that goes through my mind is, it's his value to the Mets more than any other team, right? Like, does he matter more to the the Mets than he would, say, the Toronto Blue Jays? Probably, right? He only has to because of all the things that you mentioned. He's a homegrown star. Um, He's somebody that the fans love and respect. He plays every day for this club. He matters so much to this fan base. They don't want to see him go. So for me, when I look at the situation, I'm like, man, this guy means so much more to the Mets. And so I wonder 
does the price tag go up uh, because of that? Or what effect does that have? If, if that's the case and that's something that everybody acknowledges, maybe. I don't know. Um, but clearly, it, it doesn't seem like there's going to be um, uh, any sort of extension. It would be a surprise, I, I guess, if there was at this point. Um, especially based on what David Stearns even said prior to Pete Alonso's press conference, which was him stating that, yeah, probably the most likely outcome is playing out the season and then revisiting it. And then just through my own reporting, I would expect the Mets, as probably no surprise to anybody listening to this, that they would go after him pretty hard in, in, in the offseason, of course. How could they not? And we'll see what happens from there. He wouldn't be the first a person from the Mets to hire Scott Boris ahead of a platform year and play out the whole season and then become a free agent and re-sign with the Mets. We just saw Brendan Nimmo do the same thing. Yep. So it's, it's not unprecedented. Frankly, it's not that surprising either, but it certainly is a huge story. And we don't also don't know how Pete Alonso will handle it. We kind of have guesses. There you go. But just because a guy hits well with runners in scoring position in pressure situations, doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to come through day after day with his weighing on his shoulders and weighing on his mind. Maybe he does. Probably he does. But we don't know until until the games start. Yeah, you want him motivated. If he hits well and, and he hits 50 home runs, you're going to win a lot of games, and you don't have to pay him uh, higher than his current contract. If he struggles and has a down year, and you already gave him that contract, you'd be saying, oh, that was stupid to extend him. But like, if he has a down year, maybe it's only one year, and he hits free agency you can get him for a lower cost. And also all the talk that I hear about Juan Soto going to the Mets and Steve Cohen being able to pursue Juan Soto and, and steal him away from the Yankees. If he can afford Juan Soto, he can afford Pete Alonso. Last thing for you, we're, we're up against it. The baby Mets. I'm very interested to see Francisco Alvarez. I, I said this a hundred times on the fan. I don't think he gets talked about enough and the step that he can take in year two. Last year started with them saying he wasn't ready, and that was a lie. That was cap. I think he is somebody that can be a star this year. Brett Beatty's got something to prove. Mark Vientos has something to prove. I don't know how long it's going to take Ronnie Mauricio to mend, but they have a good mix of young guys and veterans for them to learn from. What are you thinking about the baby Mets this year and the impact that they can have on this team? I think a successful season for the Mets involved those guys performing at a high, at, at somewhat of a high level. I say somewhat because do they need these guys to be all-star contributors? No, I don't, I don't think so. Not to kind of be that playoff team that I was describing as kind of getting in on a wild card. I don't necessarily need that, but they need contributions from these guys. That, that goes, that, that's obvious, right? And I think with Alvarez, man, his ceiling is so high. I'm eager to see what he's able to do over a full season of, being that guy for the Mets, no sort of no questions asked. Here, here's the job, kind of thing. Um, a, a year of comfort under his belt, with knowing how to manage a major league staff, I think will go a long way. And also just being in the box again, where we saw a lot of emotional at bats for him early on, uh, some strikeouts in key situations. Just it, it looked like he cared a little bit too much at the plate sometimes, and yeah. and he was ready to hit like a a, a five run home run or something like that. <laughs> So uh, I think if he learns how to just focus in a little bit, and I think that comes with experience. Yeah, the, uh, he, he's an exciting player. I'm eager to see what he does, and I, and I think that he his performance in particular obviously will go a long way in deciding how good this team could be. Will, you're the man. Thanks for joining us tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, that's Will Salmon from The Athletic covering your New York Metropolitans. Will, we'll have you back on when the season gets started. Anytime, man. Thanks for having me. 877-337-6666. What happens if Francisco Alvarez out-homers Pete Alonzo? Keith McPherson on the fan.
We'll be right back. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Let's get another call in. Before we went to break, I was referencing the whole Francisco Alvarez extension talks that popped up today. And before Andy Martino poured water on that, it was Hector Gomez. Shout out to Hector Gomez. Uh, He follows me. I follow him on Twitter. He's an MLB insider, but he has floated some things out there. I can't remember. Maybe he was the one that said the deal was done for Carlos Correa and and Carlos Correa's physicals were all good. Uh, He's the one that floated out that source. Francisco Alvarez is close to signing an extension with the Mets. And we were all kind of like, what? Could you imagine that? They don't they don't extend Pete. <laughs> but then Francisco Alvarez has a Bobby Witt Jr. type extension on the table today. Nah. <laughs> All right, let's take another Mets call before we go to the break. Reminder, in about 20 minutes, Jared Carabas will join us on the fan. Let's go to Chris in Manhattan. What's up, Chris? Hey, Keith. You're soldiering on today, man. Happy to have you. Thanks. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. I'm not trying to give anybody my shift. And uh, if I can walk and talk and... Uh, I'm up for it. I've, I've I've had to call out before, and I hate doing that. So I'm good. I'm here. I hear you. And you're in good hands. you got Big Zoo there. He's got your back. So, Big um, Zoo up from the Big... band, though. That's my guy. Absolutely. Hey, I saw the Michael K comments about the Mets today. And, you know, listen, I lo- <laughs> the back and forth of Mets and Yankees, I get it. I get all that stuff. Everyone loves to, you know, stir the pot. And, of course, that's part of being a New York fan, right? You know? But the one thing, you know, um, he, what did he say? Derelict in chief or something that like was, that? Yeah, but, that was the headline. Derelict in duty. Yeah, okay. Thanks, Michael. <laughs> but, but Keith, here's the thing. He went on to say, and I've heard other people say this, like, oh, you know, what's their plan? I don't know why anyone is so confused on what their plan is. I Could it not be more clear? Stearns is coming in. He's reevaluating what's going on, what young guys can do something, what can't. I don't know why people think the plan is not clear. Do they mean... Is it Alonzo specifically, or they just mean, like, I don't get it. It seems pretty clear what Stearns is doing. He's trying to get a grasp on what does he have. That seems pretty clear to me. They, they've made more moves than everybody else. They just aren't I, the sexy moves. They aren't the big, splashy moves. And this wasn't the offseason to go buy a bunch of players. The Boris Five are still out there. Snell, right. Montgomery, Chapman, Bellinger, J.D. Martinez, unsigned. So should Steve Cohen just go buy up all those guys just to buy up those guys and make people happy? No. They're smart. I agree, up. and and we've spoken before. Overpaying these Bellingers and 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 Blake Snell, it would be a mistake because the... then you'd have an Anthony exactly. Rendon situation on your hands. Keith, I agree with you. Thank you for saying that. And I have to say though, you alluded to it before. As a Mets fan, the amount of Yankees it is a bit nuts. I have to say, listen, Keith, if they sign Brett Gardner, I'm going to have to. <laughs> 
I'm going to go bonkers. <laughs> yeah, Gardy hasn't retired yet. They might actually oh, consider yeah. signing Brett Gardner on a minor league deal. Great call, Chris. <laughs> It'll be a Gardy party in Queens. Keith McPherson on the fan. Let's take this break. E-Man's in here. He'll hit you with the update. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Right back to the show. Got me some uh, chicken noodle soup my wife made in my, uh, I don't know. It's not great. No offense to my wife. (laughs) It's in this, like, Azu is looking at me. It's in this, like, rubber-made Tupperware I'm trying to eat it out of. We've got a microwave in there that I guarantee you is, is... 15 years old is not very powerful. I had to microwave it for like five minutes to even get it lukewarm. Yeah, I'm that on, thing's got to be on for a minute. I'm on the struggle bus, yo. <laughs> you got to keep that thing on oven times. Yeah, I'm like, I, that, the whole break, I spent the whole break warming up my soup. And it's still lukewarm. <laughs> and it's still not really hot. Uh, shout out to my wife packing it up for me, making it for me, as I've been a little under the weather the last couple of days, man. Having a kid is just part of it. I've learned. I, I remember hearing people say it. And now that I'm actually living in it, I'm like, this sucks. I used to be Teflon. I used to brag about how I don't get sick. I got a great immune system. Yeah, right. I've been sick December, January, February now, three months in a row, exact time that my son is sick. And, uh, of course, I have a job where I have to speak. And this microphone, I feel like you can hear every part of my voice and throat and nasal and I like I know people don't like the sound of their own voice I I don't like the sound of my own voice especially when I'm congested but it is what it is I got a show to do and the show must go on so let's keep pushing forward in about a half an hour Jared Carabas will join us Carabas is the most famous Red Sox fan he's the host of the baseball is dead podcast and uh, I'm proud of Jared he left Barstool and he went straight up joining DraftKings, so we'll have my guy on to talk baseball, and I think you'll enjoy the conversation between two millennial baseball fans that have just watched the game and are still watching the game evolve and change, and we're baseball guys. We're rooting for baseball to win, right? His Baseball is Dead podcast, it's it's exactly the opposite. You know, it's pretty much talking about how baseball is alive and well, and it's not going anywhere, and, you know, me being in the fan cave, the whole point of the fan cave was, oh, we got to make baseball cool again. We got to make baseball digital and and reach the younger audience. And they put this whole thing together and uh, that doesn't exist anymore. Maybe that'll come back when Rob Manfred signs off. Maybe I'll be able to in five years use my uh, powers. If I have more powers than I have right now to say, Hey, let's bring the fan cave back. Why not? 877-337-6666. Before we went to break, I said, what happens if Francisco Alvarez Hits more home runs in the first month, two months, three months, trade deadline. What if he hits more home runs than Pete Alonzo? Let's go to Ronnie K and Bayonne. What's up, Ronnie? You're back on the fan. Hey, Keith. How are you, buddy? I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm about 85%. Uh, yeah, me too. Like the last 10 years. But anyways. <laughs> 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 but, uh, yeah, you make a good point about Alvarez. I think, you know, I mean, it was it was his first taste. We all well. He was up the year before from, what, the last series against the Braves? The and they, the year, they but didn't they, do him right. We all remember that. Right. They brought him exactly. up too late. Like, come on, kid. Show us what you got. Yeah, but he definitely has potential. I, 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 you know, I think he he could hit 30 home runs by accident next year, I think. 
this upcoming season. To me, that kid um, is the the modern day baseball player. As we see the exciting players around the league, and everybody talks about Ronald Acuna Jr. and Fernando Tatis yep. Jr. and and Juan Soto. Francisco Alvarez but, is in line with those type of guys, and he catches. And that, uh, exactly, and mind you, he I, what is he turning twenty two this year? He's, he's a young man, you know. Yeah, they're um, gonna ex- they're gonna extend him, right? I saw the news about that today. Well, yeah, well they, they should. <laughs> nah, they you know, let's, let's just, you know, I'm a, a diehard, lifelong Mets fan. Please just stay healthy for the most part. That's sure. that's all. Sure, and, fingers um, crossed. But um, I, I think that's a that's a great dynamic if you pair that with Alonzo. I mean, uh, like I said, a lifelong Mets fan, I, you, you can't let Alonzo go. I mean, he should have been locked up already. I mean, what something should have happened where he was he was made whole. You know, he's a, he's a homegrown Met. We we don't have many of them. Historically, we let a lot of these guys walk. Daryl Strawberry. I mean, the list goes on a little bit. You just lost Jacob DeGrom. You can't lose Pete. If you lose games and lose Pete, you're going to lose a, a chunk of your fan base. Well, 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 a chunk of your fan base is going to be upset for sure. Absolutely. Um, DeGrom, I was upset about that too. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't really pursue him, but I mean, they gave him a little more parts for him. They gave him an offer. It wasn't close to what the Texas Rangers gave him, but they did give him an offer. No, but Alonzo plays every day. He plays every game. Pretty. I mean, he, he got the, he got nicked up on his wrist last year. Yeah, I, I think rushed himself back. Absolutely. Exactly. Gamer man, like those are the guys you want to build a team around. Okay, is he going to bat more than two eighty? Probably not. He's a, probably a two sixty hitter. Yeah, but he's you a know, perennial power hitter. He's one of the best power hitters in the game. Ronnie, thanks for the call. The uh, Andy Martino tweet from ten hours ago said. An extension with Francisco Alvarez would definitely make sense for the Mets at some point, but people who would know say there's nothing doing on the front at that at the at the moment. Sorry, still pushing through this, trying to read and speak. Um, but yeah, that's why I even mentioned the Francisco Alvarez extension. It's not going to happen anytime soon, or maybe who knows? Keith McPherson on the fan. We got to take another break, but we will be right back after this. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.